recognize that you are sovereign over us and that we owe you a debt that we could never repay and that what we do here will further the work of your kingdom. Bless these offerings, O oh Lord, and everyone here today. I ask you in Jesus' name for his sake. Amen. Hebrews 10, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast to the hope we profess, for he who has promised is faithful. Yeah. 
Revelations 15. Revelations 15, who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name, for you alone are holy. All nations will come and worship before you, for your righteous acts have been revealed. that is broken and great are you Lord 
please be seated. God, we look to you today. Above the singing, above the music, above the songs. Let your name be lifted high. And let your name be honored and glorified. We commit to you all that we are and everything that we do. And we reach towards you, Jesus. We are desperate for you. We surrender our lives to you.
Good morning. All right, round two. Let's go. So we've been uh, in this follow series, and we're coming to an end. And I just want to tackle one last thing in this series. And I think some of us have already been here. Some of us are in the midst of this right now. And some of us can anticipate this. But as you follow Jesus, there's going to come a point in your life where you just want to push the button and not follow anymore. You want to unfriend him. You want to unfollow him. And maybe you grew up in the church and you're coming to that age now where, you know, you don't, parents are, you know, kind of letting you have a little bit more limberness. And maybe it's time, you know, you're thinking, you know, it's church is fun. I like keeping my parents off my back. Sunday brunch is great. Going on missions trips, uh, going overseas, going to camp, that's great. But you know, doop, unfollow. And I want to take just a bit of time today and unpack why you need to consider or reconsider this. Is that okay? Sound good? No? Perfect. Let's pray. Thanks, God, as we enter your text for those of us today that are struggling, whether this is worth it, um, whether to keep doing this. I pray, God, more than anything, that we would just think, just consider, just look at the options. And in all that, would there be clarity? Um, as we look at one of the most confuddling stories in Scripture, Show us, uh, show us what you want us to hear today, what it means to have a true and real encounter with you. And as a result of that, may we experience healing, both externally and internally, like we never had before in your precious name. Amen. All right, we are going to go way back in time here to Book of Numbers chapter 15. And stick with me because I need to do a little bit of background work. And then we will get to our main text. I'm in Numbers chapter 15. And it says this. The Lord said to Moses, speak to the Israelites, say to them, throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corner of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at, and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord that you may obey them and not prostitute yourself by chasing after the lust of your own heart and eyes. Then you will remember to obey all my commands and will be consecrated to your God. I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. And just in case you forgot, I am the Lord your God. I've talked about this many, many years ago, at least three, and I know brains leak, so we need to do a little bit of quick review here. But to the Jewish person, 
the first five books of the Bible are the way, the truth, and the life. And they refer to them, those first five books, as what? Torah. Let me hear you say Torah. Torah, like a good Jew, you'd be screaming that because Torah is the way. Torah is the truth. Torah is the life. They believed if you entered Torah, if you understood Torah, if you bind a Torah to your heart, you would experience eternal life. You would experience the shalom of God. So we read this very, very interesting story here in Numbers. And whenever, if you ever read through the scriptures, especially the first 39 books, God to the Jewish mind always presents himself as a lover. And what he does here is he gives them Torah and he says, I know how you're wired. Here's how the relationship's going to work. Here's how the contract's going to work between two lovers. And what I want you to do is I want you to take tassels. And I want you to tie them to the corners of your garment so that you remember our lover's contract. And so they did this. It's, there's interesting books you could read on because back then, men wore garments which did not have corners. So there are manuals written on them discussing where do we tie the tassels. But the word for tassel in Hebrew is the word tzitzi. Let me hear you say tzitzi. Okay, if you're from Mississauga, you would say T-Zit-Zit because you're just backwards there and that's the way you talk. But that's the Hebrew word for tassels. Now it's said to take your tzitzit and attach them to your kanaf. Let me hear you say kanaf. Excellent. Kanaf means corners or wings. So take your tzitzit and attach them to your wings. And all sorts of traditions developed around these tassels. On all these tassels, if you ever go into a Jewish store or you're on Bathurst Street on a, on a Saturday, you'll see gentlemen and young boys wearing these things. But these tzitzis have five knots. The five knots re represent the five books of Torah. And then between the five knots are four spaces. And the four spaces symbolize God's unspeakable Name, Yah, Ha, Wa, Ha. And in Jesus' day in the temple, you would see Jewish men, even to this day in synagogue, they tie these, they wrap these tassels around their fingers so that when they pray to God, they, they, they exclaim with their hearts and remind themselves that God's ways are the best ways. Even to this day, Jewish people wear these things to remind themselves with Torah, with God's word. There's life, there's joy, because God is your lover. Now, there's this interesting story, because all these traditions develop with these things. And there's this interesting story you read in 1 Samuel about a guy named King Saul. And he's chasing a guy named David. And Saul's the first king of, of Israel, and he's very proud, he's very insecure, but he's trying to catch David. David tucks into a cave, and Saul, unbeknownst to himself, follows David into the cave. One thing I love about Hebrew, this is why you should learn the language, study the languages, it's very nice and, and, and proper in English, but in Hebrew it says, and King Saul went into the cave to cover his feet. That's a nice way, or in your text it may say, relieve himself. I, I, I just think that's hilarious if you really, really picture that. But he's there not knowing David's in the cave, and David, ninja style, crawls up to Saul, 
And the text says, and he cut a piece of fabric from his garment. And then the very next thing, and it doesn't make any sense, it says, and David was filled with remorse over what he had done. And if you don't know numbers, you don't get this story. Why is the guy mad for doing some home meth in King Saul? The guy's trying to kill him. What's the big deal? What did David do? He symbolically cut Saul's tassel off, which is symbolically says, Saul, you no longer have a relationship with your lover. That's why David's more remorseful. How could I do that to God's anointed king? And yeah, there's all sorts of other traditions develop. One, one tradition that develops is this one. Here's another type of CC called prayer shawl. But in Jewish circles, especially in Jesus' day, they would go into synagogue, temple, and they would cross their arms like this. What's that called? That's called your prayer closet. So Jesus says, go into your closet so you won't be distracted. You and I think that's the place where we keep our brooms and clothes that we're never going to fit into again. Some of you will think about that after the fact. That's fine. This is what Jesus is talking about. Go to a place that you won't be distracted. Other traditions develop, but there's this one really interesting tradition and, and, and bit of magic that kind of developed over time, and it comes from the book of Malachi. And it's found in Malachi chapter 4, the very last book of the Hebrew Testaments, and it says this, and I'm reading it in a different translation. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall. Now what does wings mean again? Knaf or corners. So this idea grew over time. Tradition grew over time that one day Messiah would come, the Son of Righteousness would come, and there would be healing in his corners. There would be healing in his tzitzi. And hundreds and hundreds of years goes by, and we get to Mark chapter 5. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him. While he was by the lake, one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there. Seeing Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded earnestly with them, My little daughter is dying. Please come, put your hands on her so she um, will be healed and live. So Jesus went with them. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately her bleeding stopped, and she felt in her body that she was free from her suffering. And at once Jesus realized that power had gone up from him. He turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? Who touched me? You see the people crowding around you, the disciples said, and yet you can ask, who touched me? I mean, they're like, they're very insulting here. And Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. 
Then the woman, knowing that what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Go in peace. Go in shalom. What did she grab? That's a Greek word for craspadon, which means corners. She grabbed, we, we don't do necessarily always a good job with her English translating, but she grabbed the corners. Now, this is a very interesting passage in Scripture that most of us read, and we're like, this is weird. Power left him. And we're like, what on earth? And, and we just keep on booking through the book because we got to get, get through Mark. And we, and we miss this. And Jesus is like, power left me. Power went out. But we now understand what? We understand what she's doing, don't we? If I can just touch him, the genie in the lamp will heal me and give me my wishes. If I just touch him, I'll be healed from 12 years of bleeding. And Jesus is like, who touched me? Who touched me? I ate some gelato last night, so I'm feeling very Italian. Who touched me? Who touched me? I'm sure he said it just like that. Doesn't the king of the universe know who touched him? Some of you, you may be following Jesus. But you're a lot like the crowd in this story. And the day's going to come where you're going to have to consider... Do I need to unfollow him? Maybe you're in an environment today, career, schooling, where nobody believes what you believe, and it's so frustrating, and it's so discouraging. And you're just tempted, I just want to be done with this follow thing. You know what, like, it's like when you lived with your parents and meant something, but... Or, or, or maybe it's like, but pastor, you don't understand. She's so cute. Or he's so cute. But he's not a Christian. And Christianity keeps getting in the way of our relationship. It's too hard. And a lot of people, they just stay in the crowd And they don't want the relationship. They don't want to follow because it's just too hard. It's too isolating in the environment you're in. And a big reason why people choose to hit that unfollow button or unfriend button when it really boils down to is it just doesn't seem to matter. It doesn't matter if I follow him or not. And here's the thing here. Jesus is like, who touched me? You touched me? Did you touch, who touched me? Are you going to have a relationship with them? This woman has to decide. Or am I going to walk away? Am I just going to keep walking? Am I just going to keep, because you know what? I'm healed. Or am I going to go back and have a conversation? And here's the thing. Especially if you're at the point where you're considering not following Jesus anymore. 
or it's not worth it. If you don't want to respond to him, if you don't want to follow him and you think that means you're going to be free, you're wrong. Because if you back away from Jesus or you stop following Jesus, you're not free. You're just following something else. You back away from Jesus, you're always backing into someone else. And you're always following something else. When you say no to his touch, you're saying yes to someone else's. And I've been through this in my own life, and I'm sure some of you have too, where you got to just sit down. And if you're at this point today, I don't know if I want to follow, just sit down. If you don't get anything else out of today, sit down and weigh the options. Because when you weigh the options and you wrestle with the options, at least you get clarity. Think about it. Weigh the options. I mean, being a follower of Jesus, it's hard, is it not? It's inconvenient. Someone sold me on the lie when I was a little boy. If I was a follower of Jesus, life would be blissful. It's the biggest one. It's not the biggest lie, but it's a big lie. Because there are moments. It's hard. It's inconvenient. Going public is scary. We live in a city that says Christianity is irrelevant. Useless. Lethargic. Archaic. I don't know about you, but in my own life, I have weighed those options over and over and over again. And I've come to the conclusion personally, he's the best option best option and I would say to those of you who are thinking of hitting the unfriend or unfollow button consider this think about it weigh the options if you can then say you know what I am so glad I quit following the savior of the world make sure you can finish that sentence I'm so glad I quit following the savior of the world because now I have Weigh the options. Think about the options. I mean, pastor, forget Jesus. Have you seen who I'm with now? She. You, you can't just get hotness like that. But anybody can become a Christian. Right? Right? And so, if I hook up with them, but the problem is if I'm with them... And they're, not, and they're telling me I need to leave. My Christianity's getting in the way of following, uh, uh, being with her or him. And so I have to cut that relationship so I can be with them. You've chosen who you, and you know what? If you don't know this already, looks are fleeting, guys and girls. Ooh, they look good now, but 30 years. <laughs> Come on. But Jesus gets sweeter and better with time. Man, come on. Consider it. Look at the options. Weigh the options. Maybe you're just going through a tough time. Maybe you're going through the worst time. And it's like, why do I want to follow? The, these prayers are silly. It's all, it's, 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 it's too hard. Why should I be faithful to God when he's not being faithful to me? Because you have the words of eternal life. Cling to them. 
Hang on to them. Consider at least weigh those options. Because if you're not following Jesus, you are following something. And in my own life, I have weighed so many options and I keep coming back to there's nothing sweeter and there's nothing greater. There's nothing richer. He has the words of eternal life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. When those trials, when those temptations, when those problems come your way, if you're not going to have that relationship with him, who are you going to have that relationship with? Who's going to give you the eternal life that he offers? Someone else offering that kind of relationship? I've looked around. I ain't finding it anywhere else. This guy's offering it bold and loud. And you and I, especially if you're students or you're in the university soon, you keep running into people all the time that are so much smarter than you. But that doesn't, and and they're not followers of Jesus. But it doesn't mean that they're wiser than you. It is always a mistake to step away from Jesus just because you have questions you don't have answers to yet. It's always a mistake. Just because there's concerns or things going on and you don't have the answers. If I stick with Jesus, do I know what's going to happen? Nope. Is it possible that if I become and continue following Jesus, nothing good will transpire? Yep. Is it a good reason to not follow him? Nope. Don't walk away from Jesus just because you don't have the answers. Consider the options. And considering always brings clarity. You'll be so grateful when you can look back and say, I'm so thankful that I clung to the corners and to the wings. I'm so grateful I did, especially at that tough point. I'm so grateful I stuck around and came back to build a relationship with him. Over the course of this series, we've all been invited to follow. Even if you're not a Jesus follower, even if you don't believe what we're talking about today or in this book, you're still invited to follow. It doesn't matter where you are in your faith journey, you've been invited to follow him. And he's going to keep pursuing you your entire life. We're all welcome, no perfect people allowed. But there will come a point in your life that it's going to cost you. It could cost you relationships with others. It could cost you a career in something. It could cost you financially. It could cost you, and it probably will at some point if it hasn't already. But it'll cost you more if you don't follow him. It'll cost you, and it could cost you everything if you don't follow him. There's just three simple words in this story, and I hope they resonate in you this week, in your heart, in your mind, in your head, like nothing has ever. And this story is so simple. This story about this woman with the issue of blood, it's bleeding so simple. It has this brilliant, brilliant effect of establishing what a true encounter of Jesus looks like. Who touched me? 
See, the rest of the crowd there, what do they want? They want a blessing. What does Jesus want? He wants a relationship. Who touched me? Jesus, or sorry, this lady, she just wants the miracle and to be on her way. Who touched me? You know, know, physical contact with the church may be important, but doesn't guarantee a spiritual life. Who touched me? You can rub shoulders with Jesus and the church and never have the dynamic relationship he offers. Who touched me? She wants a mere power encounter, and he's pursuing a personal encounter. Who touched me? She just wants the answers to her problem. He wants to confront her in matters of faith. Who touched me? This woman is like, I would rather die for something than live for nothing. And Jesus wants to invite her into something that's even bigger and greater and better than that. Who touched me? I have encounters daily with my computer. With books. With food. With gelatos. Who touched me? And... I have a relationship with my sons. I have a relationship with my daughters. I have a relationship with my wife. But see, our tendency is we, ju- we just want to encounter the lamp and the genie in the bottle, don't we? We want the experience, but Jesus wants the relationship. Who touched me? And Jesus will not let it sit there. Who touched me? And if a broken, discouraged, frightened outcast of a woman has her faith commended by Jesus, then you and I are welcome to come to Jesus just as we are. Touch him. He wants a relationship with you. And he invites you to follow Anyone here, do you need an invasion of God's peace in your life? Anyone here just need the touch of God, both internally and next? Are some of you just so much on the rat race of life and in business of life? There's so much chaos in your life, and you're like, God, I just want that touch. He offers it. He offers it right now. It's not something you have to wait for for when you die. Eternal life is available today. A relationship and an invitation is there for you today, for every one of us here today. And all you've got to do is respond. Jesus became weak, even in this story. Do you notice that? He gives up his power so that she can become strong. Does that sound familiar? That's the gospel. Don't you get it? How does he heal her? How does he heal us? By his shed blood on that cross 2,000 years ago. He lived the life we should have lived. He died the death we should have died so that you and I could be free. Who touched me? He holds out his hand. He offers his tassels. Do you want to follow him? 
I just want to finish with this one simple prayer. And I think it's something we can all maybe remember this week and cling to and hang on to. And the prayer is this, Lord, where you lead, I will follow. Will you bow your heads with me? Lord, where you lead, I will follow. May we consider that prayer daily. May we be more dependent on you daily. God, every one of us, unless we're perfect, then we don't need to follow you anyhow. But every one of us is in need of healing, restoration, repair. And we can't do it on our own. Where you lead, help us to follow. Help us to experience that kind of life that you call us to. And help us never to let go, no matter what this world throws at us or tries to trip us up with. Up with. Help us just to cling to you, no matter the cost. Give us, you've given us these great minds. Help us to weigh the options. And I pray for everyone here as they weigh those options, they consider those options. May they not just be in the crowd, but may they elbow their way to the front and grab a hold of you and experience the, the healing and the shalom that, that will penetrate all areas of their lives. Thank you for the healing that comes and can come only through you, that eternal life that's possible as well, that can begin today. We pray these things in your precious name. Amen. Let us take this time for a moment of reflection. While the team sings in the background, please bow your heads and listen to the song. Holy Spirit, rain ask you to meet us in the stillness of this moment for it is there we can commune with you help us to open our hearts to your presence for we know such moments are precious to you you delight in those whose heart continually seeks you 
Indeed, what a joyful fulfillment it is for the both of us. Here we can shut out the noise and distractions and confusion of this sinful world that we are so addicted to. Bless our attempts, O Lord, to seek your face. Let your voice be heard. Come and change your heart as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, rain down. Please join us, Holy Spirit. Stop! 